This is the Boston Podcast, hosted by Taylor DeKine and Andrew Addison from the Enterprise Solutions Group at Boston. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Boston's podcast. Very excited about today's edition because with us today we have Matthew Stouffer, head of pre-sales at Zyzo, Matthew Napleton, head of sales and marketing at Zyzo, and Andrew Addison as our senior technologist here at Boston. And today we're going to be talking about how IoT impacts data analytics. And just to kick us off, Matt, do you want to just give us a quick introduction uh, into Zyzo? Zyzo and Boston have been working together for you know quite a long time on um, various different uh, data-centric pr projects. But just for the audience today, just to give a, a high-level view of what Zyzo is and, and who you guys are. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, so Matthew Napleton here. I'm sales and marketing director of Zyzo, as Taylor's already mentioned. Um, here at Zyzo, we specialize in data analytics at scale. We work with a wide variety of data sources and capabilities across the data landscape, feeding into a unified analytics platform at Boston, where we look to integrate different data sources and different capabilities to deliver near real-time or real-time analytics to our customers. Um, we do that using our own technology platform called Zyzo. Zyzo is a fully integrated suite of tools and technologies that enable the access and analysis to large-scale data sets and deliver those insights down to our customers, which include Parcel Force, Royal Mail, BBC, Marks and Spencers, and, and the like. So very much cross-sector, cross-vertical, and uh, we're massively into IoT at the minute. It's really exciting to be talking about that today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, let's face it, IoT is uh, a huge topic at the moment. Everyone is looking to capitalize on all the all the new and you know emerging use cases for all the sensor data that is now being produced, you know, world worldwide. So. You know, I think that kind of brings us to our first discussion point that I, I wanted to uh, to kind of touch on. We are now looking at and dealing with unprecedented, you know, volumes um, and varieties of data coming from uh, a huge number of potential potential sources. And IDC, you know, has gone on record to say that they're predicting 35 billion IoT devices will be installed by 2021. I mean, let's. We can, I think we could all agree that's a, that's a that's a lot of devices. That's a that's a lot of data being uh, produ produced, and they and they're expecting the kind of the IoT market to be valued at 193 billion as well. So yeah. it's a vast and growing uh, market segment. But can put that into context a minute, Tyler. Would you mind? Sure. Um, sure. That, that that figure you've given of um, what was it, 35 billion devices? Yeah. 35 billion. If that's you think correct. about each device. Actually, in its own right, a device itself can have multiple sensors. So in terms of actual data quantities, we are talking that number multiplied by probably a thousand in terms of what data we're actually be transferring around as a bare minimum, possibly even more than that. And that could potentially be the amount of data that's transferred in the world in one second. So you could be talking 350,000 billion readings per second around the world. <laughs> which as, a, as numbers go they can get astronomical and it's absolutely Perfect. fantastic the way the way it's going so yeah great so point great that point. Is probably a very very good point and whoever can deal with this successfully is going to be leading the market 100 percent agree 
I mean, my physical mind is literally um, boggled at the moment. I think I've gone to a blue screen of death here, uh, trying to trying to process <laughs> that amount of uh, devices. And as you say, you know, the amount of data that could be actually transferred per second. And just to think about it, we're creating this problem for, for ourselves, or or creating this opportunity for ourselves. Because yeah. obviously, we're in the data we're in the data business. And we all we all know that everybody's good at generate generating data, getting value, business value out of out of that data, right? Is a, a whole nother kettle of fish, right? Yeah. And so now the focus is okay. We've got all we've got all this data. It's going to continue to evolve. New sensors, new sources, new types of data. How do we deal with the these these levels of these volume levels um, and all and all this data, and how do we get value out of it? Yeah, this was at least another question of saying, you know, how is it that IoT data is different from other forms of data? I mean, do you have any uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think what's what's really interesting about about the IoT data, you know, because it's it's semi-structured data in a way, is that it's completely well, ninety percent, ninety-nine percent of the time, it is computer generated. You know, it's just generated by a machine which is doing something. Um, the human impact on data isn't really there. And, and for, for when you're dealing with data at scale, one of the biggest issues you have is people putting their sticky fingers into it and, and you know, screwing things up in a way. And that is... It's one of the things that you know, a big issue when we come to looking at data. But with IoT, you don't have that. So, in terms of processing it through, it's it can be relatively simple. However, you know there are a number of, of challenges around around doing that. And as Matthew says, you know the the refresh rate on this stuff can be can be incredibly hard, incredibly difficult to manage. Um, and also, because we're talking about you know the velocity of the data coming through and, and being able to, as Taylor says, create actionable insights. That stuff has to be dealt with in real time, or if not, you know, incredibly near real time, and that creates challenges of its own. So you, you can't store all of this, right? Or can you? Well, um, that's the big question. I think. I think um, when you're talking about um, unstructured data, that's where that equation becomes a bit or a bit trickier, shall we say, because yeah. you're talking about data that streams, um, and then storing that for something that you don't actually know specifically what it is or what it's like hence the name it's unstructured and no no database type sort of thing that deals with that in the real time what we knew historically anyway as a real way of dealing with it um so you've got to try and find new methods for storing the data as it's streaming through so as uh matt was saying about real time um that's the only way you can start dealing with these sorts of things on the fly but that doesn't give you the analytics part it just gives you the storage. It's just storing that information somewhere. And that's when you get into the whole ethos of your broadband connections or internet connections, your throughput, your whatever, all those sort of hardware-related bits to actually do all of that. Then you've got to get into the software for doing it. I think the software, is for some of this, is only just starting to catch up. Um, we have got real-time databases, time-streaming databases available to us now, which can do this. Um, but they're really only for storing the data. Well, I think one one thing we have to think about is is the applicability of edge here, and and how much can we start processing down at the edge rather than transferring it back to data centres. I think that's a different conversation to one we're having today, but something that we should bear in mind 
that when we're looking at you know streaming how do we not all data has value as we've rightly pointed out so far that was a pitfall that, we, that everyone made when we first started talking about big data is the in there's the uh, the assumption that collecting everything would would inherently give us value in data and that was something that's proven to be a mistake but you know i think we have to understand what where the changes in network topologies are going um, and how data transference and, and 5G, for example, can have an impact on, on what we're looking to do in the future. But we are we are a way off from that. Certainly, a way off from from making those things work as opposed to the volume of data that we're going to be creating. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and let's just kind of break it down into maybe three three categories. We've got passive data. You know, obviously something that's potentially transmitting on a shall we say every 10 minutes so your refrigerator tells you it's got beer in it every t every 10 minutes um, <laughs> that would, I, I would i would definitely see that as a as a very um useful um bit of information um and then we have the active the active side of that where it's it's what we talked about is is the streaming side of things where it's a continual you know stream of data coming from from a de device that needs to be constantly analyzed in order to actually derive any any value out of it potentially in, in real time and then and then there's the kind of third category more about kind of dynamic and so good a good example of that potentially would be a smart thermostat where there's kind of a two-way bi-directional communication going on from 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 that device and you know i think it's now now a case you know to your point um Matt, is at what point can we start to um, interrogate this data um, after after inge ingestion and start to perform some basic level um, analytics on it, right? And in order to potentially provide much more actionable insights a lot a lot faster on on potential edge devices, because uh, I think that's that's where a the world's the world's heading and how people are going to be able to deal with this massive influx of, of data amounts mm. but by being able to kind of distribute distribute the the analytical workload much closer to to the actual devices themselves mm. i think the point you made about um, stuff on the edge um actually doing some of the processing too you can imagine that um, it's going to stop a big flood of unnecessary information. I suppose with the sensor, you, you, the sensors will also try and, well, thermostat is going to control itself locally, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what other kind of data points you'd be getting out of that. Yeah, I think, you know, because the thing about IoT data as opposed, you know, in, in, in relation to other data sets is you're probably looking primarily for the outliers. Um, you, don't really, you don't really care if something's going right. You only care if something's starting to go wrong. So, you know, if you're monitoring something and you start to see a trend or a parameter where things are going, you know, starting to fluctuate or, you know, normally with a sensor or a, or a, or a simple device, that's when something's starting to go wrong. So you can you can see how, how that kind of works. Then, you you know, you want to apply different methods or models to to those parameters to see to see what's happening. And then can you can you therefore control that edge device? It depends whether you're talking about the infrastructure edge or the device edge there in terms of, you know, which bit you control, you know, is it, is it the thermostat itself or is it the, the stuff around it to check that everything's going smoothly? Those are those kind of things. Is it, is it the gas? Is it the gas fluctuations in gas or electricity power that's causing the, the thermostat to move? You know, is it the boiler that's going wrong? Can you challenge the other devices in the building or within that network that it's connected to to then make those IoT decisions for you? Um, and, and, and what does that network look like? Um, and I think that's the challenge we haven't got to the bottom of yet, and we won't for a while. But um, I think it's an, an interesting one. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. I was just thinking in terms of alarms, but I presume, I mean, I guess, like, you know, you want a sensor to tell you if your house is going to explode, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I mean, do you actually use the points at, not only just for alarm, alarms, but also like prediction? Do you use that kind of thing? If you can, I don't, you know, I think <laughs> this is, I think if, if you've got, if you're going to set parameters, it's all dependent on that two-way traffic element. You know, how how deep do you want to go? How engaged? Do, who's who's the consumer? Who's the customer? Um, you know, really, it's is it up to Samsung to tell you that your TV is going to explode, or is it or is it up to the TV to tell you that it's going to explode? You know, mm. who makes that call? What what the feedback loop is to do that? I think is an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Because if your TV is going to explode, you're going to want it to be able to communicate not, two ways, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose that what you're thinking about there, if when you're talking about a predictive and a getting there a just-in-time approach, so before it actually fails, you, you're really talking about the big data. And I do hate that term, I will be honest. Um, mm-hmm. It's not big data. It is just data, but it's dealing with a lot of it. And an analysis of that over a period of time for that predictive capability is what you actually require because unless you have that massive amounts of information to begin with to analyze and actually produce a model from that you you can't do those sort of predictive things unless you have a specific sensor but more often than not those sort of things may not even exist yet so you have to rely upon multiple pieces of information and data coming together getting analyzed where it's relevant and then that produces your predictive model. Um, and I think that's that's another issue that we need to push to the edge because the edge is going to be really useful for that predictive analytics to get into the right people at the right time because that's where the information is pertinent. But to do the, the bigger information, that data gathering and all the predictive modeling, that's where it's going to be feeding somewhere else because that doesn't make a lot of sense to go down to the edge. And we need to get that right information chain from the edge through to our cloud, our private clouds, or whatever we want to use. Um, I think that data transmission pipe is something that's going to be expanding over time and improving over time as well, and that way we do that. And then once you've got all that in place, then you've got, well, you've got your smart homes, you've got your smart industrial factories, you've got smart everything, which you can tick all those boxes. You, know, you, you touched on industrial IoT there, Matt, which I think is a, a really interesting, an interesting place um, for us to, to look into. Where, you know, we have a large number of machines which are connected in some way, spewing out some form of data, and how do how do we then pull that together into a unified platform to enable that global view of a factory floor or all those systems? And and that's um, not an easy process to do. The transmissions between those different data terminals on those machines probably come in different flow rates in different um, data quality in different um, data types. So there was a lot of work to be done in in the back end to integrate that data in a timely in a timely manner to create something that that is actionable. Yeah, I think I think it's good. It's a good it's a good point. Um, I mean, we're seeing a lot of um, shall we say manufacturers now starting to look for ways that they can start to harvest this data from their equipment, their machinery on the on, on shop floors, right? And and of course that that data is going to come in uh, you know different formats and different uh, frequent frequencies, right? And being able to ingest you know all of it so you can get a complete um, 360 degree view, what have you. Um, you know, definitely requires um, a bit of integration work and a bit of planning and a bit of strategy, right? And a data, and, and obviously building a data model around that. 
uh, to ingest all that so you can kind of get a, a complete view um, versus just you know a, a single a single view on a single sensor or or even a single single machine but I think there's um you know I think there's there's a lot of basics that you know can be can be done right um and I guess one of the points that I wanted to kind of touch on was was kind of traditional um, analytical approaches um, to to data are they are they relevant to to uh, to IoT data and IoT data use cases how the industry and how the world and how business has been approaching BI and um, over the last kind of 10 15 years do you feel like it's still still relevant or does it or does it need a different approach I would have to say, from my perspective, I think there is always a need for the traditional approach. But within, for, from whichever angle you look at, it, commercial or industrial, I think, I think that. It, but we've got to augment it. We've got to augment our traditional linear models or whatever else we've done in the past to look at data and the way we've analysed data, our KPIs. But we've got to augment it with the new data, the new IoT aspect, the, the unstructured data that's coming in potentially as well. Um, those are the, the AI and the machine learning models that we're building. Those have got to be part of it. I don't think they're going to replace it, but they've got to be somehow merged together and to prove their usefulness to be, be what they need to be. And you raise a good point there. And one of the things I wanted to touch on was the whole idea of a lot of this data is pretty basic. A lot of IoT data is pretty is very basic, very plain, and really gets you know some some good value out of it. It's now potentially the focus will turn on to how do we enrich it, right? And and how can technology and software help kind of with that enriching process and building that into your shall we say IoT data pipelines? Yeah, I think in terms of you know where do, where do, where do you take it? You know, and what do you use next? I think. To tech, tools and technologies are out there now to enable us to do how do we monetize or use that data and enrich it well we, we can pull you know as you've already said data is now ubiquitous right it's coming from everywhere um in huge volumes from lots of different sources the answer isn't what big data did which is chuck it all into a data lake and we'll see what comes out of it when we need to get it that that isn't the answer we still have to have that rigor as matt says in terms of understanding the data making sure it's right but we should be flexible in terms of how do we create schemas or the way that we look and store and manage that data you know we've talked about the value of it think of it very much like tiered storage you know where's where's my important data residing and where's my not important data residing and how do i pull that stuff together data enrichment is going to be massive as we move forward as the kind of shackles come off data sharing and data democratization and you know we're going to see Lots of organisations hopefully collaborate with data moving forward. You know, can can organisations such as you know security systems integrate with um, audio systems, integrate with traffic systems, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. For many years, the IT, you know, the data businesses have been hid behind data that's been kept behind closed doors. You know, through APIs that are impossible to navigate and manage. And I hope, I hope that we're going to see those doors open and we're going to see collaboration and enrichment move forward. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think it's going to have a massive impact on the industry as a whole, as people start to share their best practices, um, what's working, what's not working, and then make make data, you know, more widely available inside organizations, between organizations, because we're, you know, we're in, we're all in the new, data is the new oil age, for for sure. 
Really, thanks, guys, for for joining us on to, on today's podcast. As I suspected, we we uh, we flew to, to through today's <laughs> agenda. It was quite uh, it, it, it was quite easy. Let's just let's just put it that way, and we could be here for for uh, a long time. But uh, thanks again for joining us on today's podcast. I'm sure we'll be speaking again. Thanks a lot, guys, and have a great day. Thank, Thank you. Cheers. Thanks all. Cheers. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Boston Podcast. For more information, visit boston.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Email marketing.promotions at boston.co.uk with your questions and feedback. Remember to subscribe and share your five-star rating and reviews. 